Hey, welcome everybody to Podcast or Potty Break. <laughs> So the Jim Hawkins podcast. Shush, you're not supposed to talk yet. I haven't introduced you yet. I don't even know the name of my own show. I'm not sure. Potty break, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I think I'm thrown off a little bit, Caleb. I uh, I just did a Bob Smiley. Went into the building that we're at right now that we're doing a show at tonight. Went to the restroom. You walk in. Uh, it's automatic light. Oh. Sensor light. Yeah. And um, doing the beeswax. <laughs> Halfway through, doink, lights turn off. You're just sitting there playing Angry Birds and hoping nobody comes in. Because it's like if they walk in and they see that the, that it was dark and it came on the light, then you know that they knew you were in the dark. They're wondering they what don't you're know. doing. If they don't know. Then you got to do the sniff that you're in there. Oh, that's so. a good idea. Sniff. Shut up. You're I'm not sorry. supposed to talk yet. I just, I'm just so moved oh, by what you're saying. I my apologize. goodness, people. We're trying to do... Uh, <laughs> We're trying to do a podcast here. We're trying to do a professional intro, and our special guest is jumping keeps, in before. Keeps piping in. <laughs> keeps piping in. He's never done this before. Uh, <laughs> Caleb, we got a very special guest on the show today. We uh, do. Darren Streblow. How many awesome comics, world-class comics do you know from Cloquet, Minnesota? <laughs> Start... Name None. Them. None. I don't know any. None. <laughs> Cloquet, the crappiest, the crappiest town, probably on the map. And this guy, no, no. somehow, we have a Walmart. It was a lot of rough, and this is the diamond in the rough. He's with us, Darren Streblo. Hello, uh, Darren has uh, the Darren Streblo comedy show. Yes, sir. Shut up! You're I'm not sorry. supposed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> the Darren Streblo comedy show, and he's been a buddy of mine for many, 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 many years. And so we're going to talk and hang out with Darren today on the tour bus, the comedy tour bus, rock show. Yeah, you know the deal. So uh, let's do it. Okay. What? Just keep talking? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, you know, I don't, I think of, you know, when you go into somebody's house, yeah, you don't just go right into conversation. You, 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 what you do is you say, um, you walk into the front door and you say, Hey, there's a new plant. What, where'd you get that? Or, Hey, you're, who's that over there? Is that your kid? You know, you say something about the, about the surroundings. So I don't want to just jump right in with you, Darren, uh, talk about that. So I thought usually we were talking coffee a little bit earlier Yes, sir. and you are, tell me your relationship with coffee. My relationship with coffee. Uh, I think I had a, a relationship with coffee, uh, since I was very small, but I didn't know it. I think coffee was working on my life, uh, and uh, eventually warmed to it. And then, but it was really until it wasn't until my thirties that I uh, repented of coffeelessness and then uh, mm -hmm. jumped in both feet. But see, now you come from a you come from Cloquet, Minnesota, which is up pretty close to um, uh, what's the big town there, Duluth. Yes. So yes. you would think that that would be something that they put in baby bottles up there, well, just it something is, warm. Actually, but you know, it, it's not. It's a, a, a Scandinavian state, lots of Scandinavians there. Yeah. And they, uh, they like their coffee rather, if they can't see through it, they get kind of frightened. It's kind of a weak really? sort of coffee. They, they, their it's recipe like basically is you take some tepid water and you take a couple of beans and gingerly dip both beans 
in the water. Not too much because you don't want to ruin that robust <laughs> water flavor. So you take a bean in each hand. Yeah, just kind of dip and, it, and dip, 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 them dip in tepid yeah, water. Yeah. And, and then you serve that to a, a Baptist church, a three-gallon <laughs> tank of that stuff, and people rave about it. My yeah. father-in-law is one of these guys that just uh, – that's his favorite type of coffee. So when I when I brought him to the house and I you know I have an espresso machine that I I, I love and uh, I gave him a, a proper cup of coffee and uh, he uh, well I, at first I offered him some tea and he says tea is for women give me some coffee right so then I gave him a real cup of coffee then he ran to the bathroom I didn't see him for like ten minutes yeah and when he came back he asked for tea yeah what is that <laughs> so, about men it's like a men they want something a bitter we, we, that's for a man, but something bitter, something that hurts. Yeah. It's, it's all like, come on. What is this? Coats are for sissies. Frostbites for a man. We want, it doesn't hurt. So it must not be for a man. What, what is that thinking? That's got to get to us in some psychological way. I don't know. Like if it doesn't hurt, then something's wrong. Yeah. It's yeah. like, if it's like Christianity, it's a lot of churches. If it, if it feels good, don't do it. <laughs> That's like for a man. If it feels good, you're you're a, you know you're not a man. You know that's a really good point on the spiritual front because uh, you think okay the the answer to to spirituality is because there's a lot of things that feel good that are destructive, but uh, if you if you just cut off everything that feels good about spirituality, it also destroys your relationship with God because that is a really good relationship. That is the ultimate joy, the ultimate feel good. So if you you have to be wise in the things that you cut off that 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 feel uh, good. I think ultimately, if you have a great relationship with God, everything feels good mm -hmm. because uh, you, you're doing the things that you were wired to do yeah. from the guy who wired you to do it. Because if you say, like, I had a good relationship with my natural father, you know, you're not thinking, you, you, you know, you're thinking you had a lot of fun together. Yeah. But for some reason, I think a lot of people in, in Christianity, you take it that way, and a lot of people think it's you got to be a martyr. You got to yeah. be. You got to be going through some kind of struggle. That's where, that's where God wants you to be. Yeah. And if you're not, then... I, I was doing a uh, an event, uh, it, and the speaker was up front, and there was a lot of youth pastors there, and and the speaker was just saying, if we're doing things for ourselves, if we are, if we are worshiping in a way that feels good, we are doing it wrong and i saw a lot of people nodding their heads and i was like what baloney <laughs> so they start handing out cat cat and nine tails just start whipping your well, back you know you know if it's if it's all chris about, tomlin's up i want to see some blood <laughs> if it's all about just you know feeling groovy out mm -hmm. there i i get that but you know if you treated your wife that way your relationship would end i mean it's mm -hmm. like i'm only spending time with you because this is sacrificial yeah i don't want to I don't want to spend any time with you that actually feels good to me. No, no mm -hmm. you, you have a self-motivated desire for joy when you have a relationship with your spouse. And the same is, mm -hmm. is true with God, I think. And, yeah. And, and I think that's why he gives us laughter. I think that's just a big taste of what a, a, an eternity with God would be like. That, that, that laughter when we're sitting in your show, Tim, and, mm -hmm. and you're up there playing and, and, and doing your stand-up and we're laughing so hard we can't breathe. That's just a taste of the the joy we're going to have someday yeah. in heaven, you know, and that's, that's, there is some self, self motivation there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's okay. Well, there's a place, I think there's a place for reverence. Absolutely. Sure. But there's also a place, I mean, we've done, and I know I've done shows. I know you've done shows. You'll be telling your first few jokes and it's almost like people are like, are we allowed to laugh? Is this, <laughs> I, I, I've been in this room, you know, a thousand times, but we've never, you know, they've never been almost given the permission to do that. Yeah. 
And then it's all, and then after a while, you, it's like you're giving them permission to, yes, yeah. we're going to laugh now. I have nothing else to bring. I did a show, um, and I'm sure you've done exactly this. It was uh, somewhere near Washington, D.C., and it was this big, big church. And uh, I was up there. I was, it's, I was amazed how many people were there. And then I started doing the show, and it was like maybe little, little hints of laughter through the whole thing. And I thought, they hate me. They hate me. But then you could hear a pin drop while I was telling the jokes. And I went, I think they like it. Mm -hmm. I just don't. So I just kind of acted like I was enjoying it. I was nervous, but I I started, and I'm kind of laughing at my own jokes and doing the whole thing. And they were just staring at me. And afterwards, I had a line out the door of people saying, Mm -hmm. that is the funniest thing I have ever seed and, mm. and they're hugging me and and some people are getting emotional talking about how funny it was they just didn't feel permission to yeah re- well, what kind of react. a church was it what was i the... don't remember but it was yeah. obvious i was the first time they ever had somebody up you know and you're you're in their sanctuary you're on, you're doing jokes right yeah. by where the pastor preaches so i'm sure it's a a different sort of you know, you mm-hmm. have to get into a different sort of mode to be able to. Well, it's, to it's, do that. it's tough too because you have the all the uh, accoutrement of the church. You know, we have big crosses. Is that a word? That accoutrement. Is cool. That means wow. things that just <laughs> word. Yeah, word of the day. I did. Yeah, I did a Reader's Digest. They'll have like you know, word of the day or. Word. You're awesome, man. You know, the accoutrement. It just means the things like little ethic, little things around that. Uh, little in details, the details in the vicinity of that. Yeah. So like Darren's accoutrement would be, you know, crappy t-shirt, <laughs> uh, just uh, sandals from, you know, from Coles. <laughs> and, and is that an Alabama hat? Alabama? This, uh, okay. Baseball the, cap? I had a buddy of mine give me this hat in Alabama. Uh, it's a Roll Tide hat. Once again, Darren's from Minnesota. Yeah, and and uh, people stop me on airplanes. It scares me every time. Roll Tide! Woo! Yeah. Well, and it looks like <laughs> and a, it I looks have no soiled. Idea what they're talking about, <laughs> and it looks soiled. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Roll Tide. And I've had this. Ah. I've had this for uh, years. It's the only hat that fits my gigantic melon. Do you have a big? I do too. I. Can you, but you, I see you wearing hats all the time. Yeah, now. but it's it's like at the last. You know, they they have the what are those hats called that we have. Where you adjust them? The snapbacks? The snapback hats. And I'm yeah. at the very last, the last yeah. little cusp. button, little cusp where it kind of V's a little bit. And yeah. My this- dad used to, my dad's head was big too. He'd wear the natural, he'd wear the, you know, a real baseball cap, but he'd have to slit it off <laughs> the back of it so it would go a little farther out. So I was blessed with that. This hat. But that hat is like a real crush. It's like flat. That looks like something that that you would wear out on in the farm. I it mean, looks yeah, like, that's, um, it's very well. It's remember beloved Rick Ankiel's hat. Was it him that never washed his hats from, from the Cardinals? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. The A is dirty. It looks good. Now I've gone to hat stores and I said, I doubt you're going to find anything that can, can fit this. And they go, Oh, we, uh, sir, we, we serve all kinds of people. And then after a while they're like, sir, we're very sorry. We didn't know you were a freak. <laughs> now, the, but the ones that have, you know, this is kind of, I don't know. It's a shallow hat. I don't know how they did it, but yeah, it that's just fits the very top. Shallow. If I get a hat, like a normal size hat where it actually fits the circumference of my hat, there's so much headroom on the top mm. and I look like the Pope. Because yeah. it's just way you're up accentuating high. your big head. It's it's a tr- truly a five ten gallon hat. You know, uh-huh. it's, it could fit a lot of liquid. Yeah. Well, my thing. wife made this hat that I'm wearing now, and I thank you for not you know poking fun because <laughs> it's not her 
her art artistry with making. I've got like a, what would you call it, beanie, kind of a beanie yeah. made out of yarn. And it's my head just, it's hard, it's hard to make my head look good. She did I that? Mean, she, she did that. I look like love. Look at that I thing. look like a Spanish Inquisition <laughs> person, like I'm going to I torture somebody like, in, a, in a dungeon after we get I done. I did you like look, the floppy one from last year. Yeah, though. I know. I lost the floppy one. He it was awesome. And it flopped hat. just perfect. It was like two hats in one. It was that big. And it kind of looked like a, like a Rastafarian... Yeah, hat, mm-hmm. and it was flopping down his back. It was great. Beautiful. He used to wear it every day. You and then, of like course, a, those hats you lose. A Scandinavian yeah. sheep farmer, a loved one. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> you look, you look, you look very loved. And who sheep loves farmer. who loves uh, light coffee? Light coffee, light coffee. <laughs> just the two beans. Now this guy over here is a coffee snob. Caleb. Yeah. I'm, by the way, I'm drinking my very first. <laughs> pour over coffee today. Yeah, Caleb, I'm very happy. Caleb, Caleb everybody Caleb is, is, is running, on running the board. But he's he's become a coffee cognoscente. <laughs> Four words. <laughs> Listen to that. You're I shouldn't even bad. have a radio show. Yeah. He is it's making us look. He's bad. really good. I mean, he, he, you got what's the thing called the. Skrillex, what's it called? Skrillex. The what? What is? It? The, talking about the dubstep the, artist. The, no, the glass. The, what do you call it? The. Chemex. Oh, Chemex, yeah. Chemex. Chemex is the glass. It's a form of the pour-over. But I just did a V60. Matt, made Matt, our merch manager, made a pour-over cup for Darren. It's lovely. Yeah, but he didn't use the scale, no. so we almost got in a physical There was a lot of tension here in the front of the bus. I was a little nervous that because there was going to be an altercation. Because you have to weigh your water. Yeah, it's when ridiculous. you pour your water, you can't <laughs> I'm going to have to put my foot down in it. <laughs> I've let it go for a couple of, couple of months. <laughs> Well, Tim says you can feel it. You can't feel it. Seriously, like you have I, to was, the I was water. trying to make my first pour over, and he just was glaring at me from the other <laughs> the side of the day before, I was, you asked me how to do it. So the day before, I went through all the details with you, and then I right. wake up the next morning, and the grinder's rolling, and I walk up, and okay. he's just pouring the water with no scale. No, no, okay. I measured yeah. the dang beans on your scale. <laughs> no, but you have to measure the water when you pour it. I know. It. I didn't do that. Sorry. Yeah. Here's the thing. Let, let me just throw this out there so that we can all... We can all understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> all right. If you if you want <laughs> to make your coffee world. without the scale, that's totally cool. Okay. That's totally cool. Right. I'm not going to ostracize you. Yeah. But if we're making coffee for somebody else and we we want to, you know, like uh, serve them with a glorious cup of coffee. Yeah. We have to use this gift. For, well, I just for feel, the record, I'm very happy with. So you're enjoying, yeah, you, you're enjoying that. You say you're an espresso guy. I uh, I do love espresso a little too much. I have a little too too many shots of espresso. Now you uh, you also mentioned to me that you're uh, that you are a hero at your house because you make you you call them frou frou drinks for your wife foo-foo and her friends. Coffee. Frou frou. You make a fufu. Yeah, fufu coffee. Hey, fufu drink. Well, I would you make any a sort of you know the 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 sugared lattes, the the chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, sugar and milk with a little bit of coffee in yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which which my wife's friends when they come over and my wife's fa- they like that. So like a nice salted caramel macchiato oh. is a lovely thing. Uh, Freight or, loves or that. Cho- uh, just the basic where and it, it can even be a Hershey's chocolate. But if you do it right with a little bit of whipped cream and some some uh, little sprinkles on the top, wow! Very, so you're the very favorite. Happy. I am a superhero in that context. Do you wear that's a, huge. an apron like a barista? You know, apron? that's I don't I don't know what a barista apron is, but I have a cookie. I love to cook, and I wear an apron, and I get a lot of I get a lot of crap for do, that. Do you pencil in a small thin mustache that curls up <laughs> and, and talk with a weird accent? I cannot work in these conditions <laughs> and scream at people. And, uh, get really Your uppity. coffee comes when it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rush good coffee. No coffee for you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... it's. Uh, but you ever notice, here's an observation that I've had, is that 
that it's always, when somebody else makes coffee for you, it's always better than when you make yourself. It's like a sandwich. When somebody else makes you a sandwich, it just tastes better. Yeah. It's like when you go to other people's house, their milk tastes a little different. <laughs> you ever notice that? <laughs> That's true. That. Why is that? <laughs> yeah. Their milk tastes a little different. <laughs> like you're a little f- creeped out Going by it. to your it. neighbors. I'm just not in the mood for our milk at home. Do you have a cup? Yeah. That I can and have? I'll make my own, you know. Sir, I won't even ask him if I can do it. I'll just make my own cereal at their house. <laughs> it's true. Tim's he will. in our kitchen again. He will do that. Uh, He'll drink right out of the jug. <laughs> Darren, are you satisfied with the espresso shots that you pull at your house, or do you still prefer espresso from another place? You know, I, I'm kind of the opposite, Tim. I like making my own stuff. because right. you're professional. Well, you know, yeah. I just love the process of making stuff a lot. I almost like it better than actually sitting down and enjoying it later it's it's kind of a joy to does it feel better when you tickle yourself than when somebody no, else tickles you no no because that's what it sounds like to me well i used to try to do that <laughs> but when you do that like on an airplane try to tickle yourself yeah. i find that people start talking to security and there's 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 yeah. concerns yeah so yeah. i try not to do that anymore yeah <laughs> uh yeah this is a pilot We've got to take care of but we got to get that tank taken care of. Then we're going to take off in just a few minutes, just as soon as, as this guy stops. <laughs> That's our pilot. That's our first um, uh, special character. That's the first? And we I might, got to be a part of it? We That's might hear wonderful. from Ikea Man. We might hear from Ikea Man later. Can I? Oh, wow. i got to hear that. Yeah. I haven't even heard Ikea Man. There's a new catalog out, and he's really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, okay. I've never been in one. I just know there's endless yeah. hallways and uh, meatballs. That's all I've heard. Yeah, buddy. Now, let, now let's talk about uh, you a little bit, uh, Cloquet. Now, are you are you from there? You grew up where? Uh, born in Ely, Minnesota. Uh, commonly pronounced Eli by those not in the know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad moved us out of there in the, let's see, it was, I was eight years old. <laughs> moved to Duluth, and I've been in the Duluth, Minnesota area for my whole life uh, yeah. since then. A very cold uh, environment. Uh, uh, very, very Scandinavian. People don't laugh out loud. Ludifisk. Uncomfortable. Ludifisk. Uh, okay. Lefsa. Uh, a lot of people who listen to Prairie Home Companion. And, <laughs> that's uh, the people that he's talking about, right? That, that's <laughs> yeah. That's it. And we love, I mean, we, we lo- I grew up on lo- loving that show. Yeah. Uh, because he, he just describes it so well. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, now what what do you what do you like like now you've obviously like it or you'd moved away probably unless like you're being, being held by there against family. your will. I you know, I don't really know uh when I travel and and I say what is that brilliant heated light thing in the sky mm-hmm. that makes me so happy? Maybe I could move yeah. closer to where one of those are. But That's uh, Vishnu. Vishnu. Or Vishna, Vishna. 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 Yeah. Okay. I like that. <laughs> I like the way you say I'm that. Hindu Did now. you know that? Did I tell you that? Today. I'm Hindu. Are you Hindu? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I would not have guessed that. Based so on many gods. Things you say in your show. There's so many wonderful gods. <laughs> Vishnu is just one of them. And they all lead to the same place. That right. hat does look Hinduish. now that you mention it. Yeah. I don't... What does it look like? It kind of looks like a chef hat. It looks like the top of a pepper shaker. Well... How would you explain it to everyone I that can't see it? I just picture your wife listening right now, just very nervous about what you're going to say next, because it's such a well-made look. It's well, got bless a her beautiful... heart. Well, bless her heart. She didn't know when to stop. I mean, because of my head ish, my head size. <laughs> <laughs> so I almost coughed up, pour over coffee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch it. 
I special don't know. coffee. This, and this well, special, it's like uh, better enjoy it. Every drop of it. it. Yeah. It's almost like a mushroom. It looks like the top of a muffin. Like it a looks muffin, super like a muffin top. warm, and it, it's just I, yeah, it is. I, I, you've got a happy glow to you, dude. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, so you grow up around Duluth. Yeah, things are good. Decent childhood. Um, describe it. Was it okay? I was provided a decent childhood. I don't know if I participated in that way i think i was uh, a little too uh uh you know the comic thing you're just very uh idealistic and uh mm -hmm. uh uh the the guy that you want to be uh scares other people so you have to kind of hide that guy uh he's the guy that were you a pervert? What are you talking about? That's it, an it excellent seems like, question. It seems like it just get to it. What was your, what <laughs> well, was your deal? You know, when when you see me on stage, and in proper conditions, that guy, that's probably as close to the real me as I get. Uh, and when I would let that guy out in public as a kid, granted he was not as comically savvy savvy as the guy on stage. Yeah, uh, that would scare other people. Uh, and yeah. People wouldn't want to be around me because it's too much. He's too much. I don't think he's mean or unfriendly, but he's he's just too much. And uh, so, too much. You mean that he wants attention, or too he, much? He, that want, he, he wants just a lot of. Doesn't attention. know how to turn it off. He loves attention. So, did you not get attention when you were a kid? No. I mean, do you feel like there was something your comedy comes from a need that you wasn't fulfilled well, in your wanna, life? I don't want to. I don't want to give the impression that this was anybody else's Put your shirt fault. back on. Why are you taking your shirt off right now? <laughs> I am not, for the record, taking off my shirt right now. Just for the record. Well, uh, Darren, <laughs> your word against ours. Stand down, Darren. Stand down. Caleb is going to back up Tim no matter what he says. Uh, you know, no, I, it wasn't anybody else's fault. It's just I think when you have this kind of a personality, what do you do with it? You know? So, so I had to put kind of push that personality down and be, try to be the kind of guy that somebody would want to hang out with. Yeah. And that, that guy is, I have the same, um, I think I've told you this before. I took that Myers Briggs personality test. Yes. And I am an INFP. Okay. Uh, which is exactly the same as Mr. Rogers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Dak Shepard. I'm joined by Minister Mouse, Monica Padman. Hi there. We have a really fun show we want you guys to join. Uh, we talk to celebrities and professors and lawyers and doctors and very smart, interesting people. And we find out how messy their lives have been, how many twists and turns it took to get to where they're at, and a general exploration on the messiness of being a human being. And of course, Monica's, you'll get updates about her. Love building life. project, love life, <laughs> you name it. So if you want to join us, please follow Armchair Expert to get new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Plus, find your other favorite podcasts free on Spotify. Really? Yeah. And when the person tested me, she turned pale. and She said, we usually only see this with introverted women, and I don't really know what to say to you right now. And I'm like, oh, great. Wow. Charles Schultz is this built this way. So I'm very, very... Uh, I'm very aware. My emotions are very loud, but at the same time, like a lot of attention. And you like to talk to puppets? And I like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did puppets. That's did something you? that people don't know about me. 
uh, when I was in church, we had the, the, the puppet things and we did these full Muppet like puppet shows. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a nice way to learn how to do stage work, you know, standing or to get a reaction or to, yep. Cause they'd actually That's, put a mic yeah. in my hand and I would do live stuff yes. and react to That's people. I remember one time, uh, I think the Joe, the pastor was talking to the puppet and I had a live mic in my hand and he's just like, Oh, this puppet is just stupid. What a stupid puppet. And I said, well, can you think clearly with a hand up your back? That was the, the yeah. eight years old or whatever. When I said that, and the place went nuts. Yeah. Just to, listen to that sound. Listen to everybody laughing. You know, yeah. you know so it, it was kind of a, a taste of, you know, live stage work or whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, very sensitive. And, and I, I think, it, I don't know what kind of environment that I would have really thrived in with that, unless I just really had adults around me. The reason this is happening is you are like this and this is, and, and I'm yeah. going to walk you through how to get through this and, and have your personality survive. And that's it, just, you know, people don't have that kind of time or I'm mm -hmm. trying to do that with my sons. Yes. Because I see some of that in them and I was like, okay, this, what you're going through is normal. And, uh, you know, you, you're very sensitive, but you're very, you, you want to be on stage. It's okay to be, you know, and, and, and we're growing up in church settings, mm -hmm. talking about that earlier when you're, when you're a performer, you're wired to be a performer, that's looked down on as, well, you, you want, you're a selfish person that wants attention. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't, think that's necessarily true yeah. I, I i think you can be that way but the people who really want to be in front of people uh god wires you that way because yeah. he's got things he wants you to yes. do in in that direction you can take that to a place that's wrong but you know i try to encourage that in my boys i try to get them in uh they, they, they do plays and they do uh music and my son my oldest son plays like 12 different instruments and stuff. Right. he's like caleb here how many instruments do you play? Is it just guitars? I get the impression uh, you play everything. No, I don't. I mainly play guitar, but okay, you know, I can, like, I'm wrong about it. you. You're not as talented as I thought. <laughs> yeah, but my son plays like twelve. Ooh, let's turn around. Wow, <laughs> that, was a, that was a shorter road than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's look for a driveway. We can we can back we can back into. You were in Guitar Center this morning playing on a guitar, and I thought yeah. I, I was. You, you ever walk into like during Christmas time? You walk in a store, and there's like a light display. And you see it in your peripheral vision, and there's a lot of lights flashing around, and you hear kind of music. That's what it's like walking in Guitar Center this morning. Because what is that activity going on? And there's just this happy face, and there's Caleb over there just jamming away on a guitar. Yeah, usually there's that. There's that. Now I think they should. We could. Oh, we could do a sitcom with that based around the Guitar Center store. Oh my gosh! Just yeah. all the freakos that walk in there. <laughs> you, know, you got alive. the 58 year old guy with the with the the the, the American flag uh, MC Hammer pants on and. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the and the the tank top <laughs> with the long beard just going there and grabbing a guitar and thinking that's his that's yeah. his big shot. Oh. Man, we saw a guy. Where was that? I think it was at the guitar center in Texas, like a year and a half ago. And he was looking at that little guitar. Do you remember that? Was that the was guy like with the older guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the guy that you're talking yeah. about. You know, yeah. he's 55 years old uh -huh. and balding on top, but had still grown his hair out in the yeah. back, just going down his back. And That's what I'm uh, going to have to do soon. Just to the Ben Franklin. Say, yeah. I respect it, though. I mean, he was just going for it. Yeah, he was. It? Yeah, yeah. it sounds like respect. But you're talking about, like, Rick, um, performing, and I, I don't, like, uh, need for attention. I don't know. Don't you uh, feel that? I need? like attention. I'm not going to lie to you. I do like it, and but I really think more. I just like being good at something. That's what... <laughs> 
That, I, that was I was desperate because so many other jobs that I, I just wasn't good at, didn't want to be good at it, or I just I wasn't. And then I just really am grateful that, you know, I know how to, when it comes to if there's 2,000 people or without, out there, I know what to do. And I That's really interesting because I one thing about you that I think is different from other comedians that I've seen is you don't seem to get the high from the the notoriety and the fame that no. a lot of people do. You know, I don't believe in you're it. You're very, you're very, uh, very real in that. Sense. Don't believe in it. And now I do like, I think, you know, I'm, I'm more motivated by someone who, who connects with what I'm doing and, and yeah. gets benefit out of it. And just, they say, Oh, my kid recites your lines all over the house. Yeah. That's what, that's cool. Because I, I know that's how I started is that I just mimicked, my favorite comics or their fa their faces or their gestures and things like that. And, yeah. and that's how I learned. I think that's how a lot of guys learn. You're just, you're, you're, yeah. you're taught, you're a baby. You're, 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 t you're, you're just taught the basics of spit takes and of, yeah. you know, certain physical comedy and things like that. And there's not really a lot of places <laughs> when you, when you want to do comedy that you can go to learn, you know, if you want to learn music, there's probably no matter what size town you're in places you can go pay mm -hmm. somebody to start working you in that direction. When you're a comic, you have to go to a TV screen and just study and just see, okay, yeah. this is what, you know, I, I spent hours watching like Victor Borga. Yeah. You know, and people don't even know who that is. Anymore. No. Uh, but, uh, he, uh, Danish, uh, piano player, virtuoso mm -hmm. kind of just, uh, an amazing and, and just, he did yeah. stand up and, and classical like, piano player but then he yeah he just turned that into uh he was funnier even funnier than he was well good he, at he would do piano. he would open i think it was like 45 minutes of stand-up yeah and it was hysterical yeah and uh and he was he talked like this the victor <laughs> Borga. <I> mean, <laughs> he would he would get i remember his bit he would play he would be looking at the paper the sheet music and it'd be, it, bum, 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 just total just just it, yeah. Actually, actually, it was reverse. He was playing the song in reverse, and he goes, "Oh!" and he turns it back <laughs> around. It was upside down. He turns around. was like, "Yeah." People our age, he people our age, the people. If he he was the guy on Sesame Street that would put the seatbelt on when he was on the piano bench. If you remember that guy, yeah, he he would he did inflationary language. Where you take you take the numbers in the language like wonderful, uh, before you know the numbers in the words and then inflate it one so it's like a, uh, wonderful becomes tutorful, uh, before becomes be five. Yeah. Uh, the phrase I ate a tenderloin with my fork would be I nine did a tenderloin with my fike, <laughs> and, and he would, he would do a whole story. Wasn't about he that. the guy that did the punctuation? Yes. Once upon yeah. a time, there was a dog, and instead of the period, he go. Yeah. For the period, and it would be the question mark, and it would do. Yeah. Oh, as a kid, so, you just. Oh, and I got to see him live twice, and it was just places packed. It was it was skewed a little older, mm -hmm. and he'd do this, just people just hurting when they left from life. And then he'd end with just the most gorgeous run of piano. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a talent. Uh, so I'd study him, and I'd, I'd write out everything he said for verbatim. Yeah, in in in, in just just the way he structured jokes and and uh, stuff. And uh, 
you know, your, your interactive stuff on stage actually reminds me of him. just that organic feel of and the, just timeless stuff. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, um, anytime you can break that wall between the stage and the audience. Yeah. I mean, like to even tonight, you'll see them just, why not? I mean, it's there. Yeah. Go for it. That's beautiful. Go, go run around. So let me ask you this about, about Darren, like what, if you want to get along with Darren Strebelo, what kind of a person are you? Like what, what do you, what do you shun? What do you like about other people? If I wanted to be your friend, let's say hypothetically, because <laughs> I've got so many, you know what I'm saying? You probably do. The cup is full, but I say I wanted to start like a, a B list of friends. <laughs> <laughs> B, that's great. I, I'll go for do the you B have stuff. a lot of friends? That's great. Um, like in Cloquet or do you, do you keep in touch with? I have I have some very close friends and and the the uh, the people that understand me the most I have two or three that have no idea anything about comedy um, and then guys like you who actually because it's such a weird thing that we do not only are we strange that we're doing comedy but we're in this weird subset of clean comedy mm-hmm. which you know. Uh, we we have a strange, I, let me say, different outlook on life and, and and stuff. So to be around you guys is is it's it's just refreshing knowing. Okay, he understands where mm-hmm. I'm where I'm coming from. I like nice people. Uh, I like uh, I like encouraging people. I tend to be a little bit. Let's see. I don't. I've been told I have an encouragement gift. But maybe that's just a nice way of telling me to settle down. Yes, you do. I like. I you like do. To, and uh, your and your radio show is 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 proof of that. Just you're one of the the best. You get it as far as when you interview a comic. A lot of times you're the only guy interviewing, yeah. so you you respond uproariously to to jokes and you give it life. I I love. Well, I love comedy. And yeah. I love. And uh, it's not <clears throat> fake. It's just like yeah. you really. I love you know, humor, and I love. I love that perspective. And, yeah, because most comics um, when they watch. I find myself when I watch other comics, you're more critical. You're just, oh, how is he doing that? It's not that I don't like it. I'm just like, oh, how is he opening that? How is he segueing into that? And my wife is like, why aren't you, why aren't you laughing? And I'm like, why are you laughing? I'm like, ah, you know, and I'm you just have more to studying. do that because that's how you start, like, by watching the TV set, watching your favorite comedians. Right. You have to get a lower subtextual level and see the mechanics of stuff, and you get in the habit of that. So when I started radio and I started actually – laughing at comedians again i i started feeling the endorphins and and stuff mm-hmm. but uh yeah you're i i tend to be i can smother people with encouragement because i i yeah. like them so much and just like this is what i like and that one I like and they say is he being what is he doing is that real you know so yeah. if people can put up with that i think we can be good friends i guess uh i like mm-hmm. uh i i like i like the i the the guy that I was talking about, the guy that's on stage that just comes out. If if people can be okay with that guy, I think mm-hmm. I can trust them a little more to be friends because he's. I don't I don't know if he's an easy person to be around. I'm still not sure. Yeah. I'm 45 years old and I'm still scared to let him out in real public. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Well, because you're that you've seen Darren perform, haven't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. What what? How would you how would you uh, describe his style? And keep in mind, he's right here. So that he might feel 
<laughs> I think it's really honest, and that's why it's funny. Uh, I think people respect honest comedy or just honest performance, whether it's comedy or uh, you know music or or whatever. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I like it. It seems transparent. Like it well, seems like that's that's really you. Like when when you're performing. Yeah. Oh, and well, I get it true, when true. you're talking about that, letting that person out because Darren is like, he's very high. That was your opening line, right? For a long time, high. Just kind of that, <laughs> high. You know, yeah. I come up playing a guitar and yeah, Axl Rose, and you'd come out, hey, <laughs> <laughs> big laugh, huge laugh. It's like I was, oh yes, this guy's not going to try to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> As, try as hard as the last guy tried. Gee whiz, we need a break. Yeah. But then you'll do some of the loud, like your punchlines are very loud, very uh, expressive. And you're like, this guy's just, it's like he's, you, you go from zero to a hundred. It's huh. surprising. Yeah, it's, it catches it's, you off guard. It's surprising, but it's done with a dynamic that it, it just, it works mm -hmm. because it's it's outrageous. Huh. You know, the the... <sighs> When in I was an Eeyore a kid, package. Your Tigger in an Eeyore package. Well, that's, that's Darren's driver. Boy, well said. Uh, I, wow, I need to digest that for a second. That's mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Because when I was a kid and I would let myself be myself, I would get so excited about stuff or expressing myself, I would start to yell and use a louder voice, which just, every, you know, that's inappropriate. Mm -hmm. and, and, set, and I would shut everybody down. And on stage, I think it was Brad Stein's influence, actually, because Brad is very mm -hmm. expressive and, and loud on stage. And, and, and I used to travel with him a lot. And so I, I thought, what a, you know, I just emulate him. I would try to be him and, and yell a lot. And mm -hmm. finally, he just, he sat down with me out of mercy and said, Darren, stop. You're not me. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're actually, uh, you know, you, you smile in real life and you're, 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 you're and, and he said, you know, retain the good things about you and, and not try to be me. But mm. the thing that remained was when I get really focused on something, I get kind of loud. And, yeah. uh, that's the only place I could do it without losing relationship. Too, uh, like, uh, <laughs> what the one where you talk about, um, uh, Spanish. You learn. You learn Spanish. Yeah. And that you learn "Wanna uh, pasa la banana" or something like that. What it was, was that a video? Joke? It was a video class in northern Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, because they thought we got to learn a language. Why not Spanish? We live so close to Canada. <laughs> Canada es un mucho grande fiesta, a eh? you know. So that was the phrase. They'd have us chanting "Wanna pasa la banana elenada." Say it again. "Wanna pasa la banana elenada." We greet each other in the hallways, thinking we were cool because it's a different. Way. Hey, Bill, wanna pass la banana elena? Well, wanna pass la banana elena to you too? What did I say? I don't know. And then I met a guy from Mexico, and that's not a greeting apparently because he was like, "Hola," and I'm like, "Hey, wanna pass la banana elena?" He says, "Why did you say that?" And I said, "What did I say?" One throws a banana at a female midget. <laughs> <laughs> So one tends to think, well, where am I going to use this phrase now? You know, weird sports or something, you know, weird sports broadcasting. Juan's got the banana. He's running with the banana. Juan pasa la banana. She scores. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't. Yeah. And the other phrase we learned was, be umbligo se estacimundo. You know, and as I thought that was kind of romantic. I was trying to get dates with it, you know. Senorita, be umbligo se estacimundo. 
means my navel is on fire. So we didn't really learn a lot of helpful stuff in northern Minnesota. I think it's better now than when I was a kid. So what was one of like the first bits that you wrote that you thought, this is, I'm getting somewhere here. This is, I'm proud of this. Well, you know, when I was in, I was in high school, I went to summer camp and they had a talent night and I had no idea that I was going to be a comedian. But they said, well, why don't you get up and tell a story, Darren, because you're, you're, you're silly. We'd like to hear a story. So I did a Victor Borg a bit. I, no. Yes. And then I did a Brian Regan, his plurals bit. And I explained that this wasn't my stuff. Right. But then I did a story about um, my Sunday school teacher who couldn't pronounce the names in the Bible. Uh, so it was like you know, job and psalms. And my favorite story is how Jesus healed the 10 leapers. <laughs> and then I talked right. about leprosy, this dreaded disease where you leap 30, 40 feet in the air. Right? Uh-huh. And, 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 and I had them falling and stuff like that. And the response was uproarious. Yeah. And, and I, I was very kind of just taken aback by how, because it felt it was as I think it was just kind of a God moment because it, it was just working. And I, I walked away from that. And a, cu- a couple pastors came up to me at the camp and said, you know, have you ever thought about being like Mark Lowry? and being?" A so you comedian? weren't even, this is before you were even yeah. doing anything. Yeah. But to me, that was like saying, you should be an astronaut, dude. Right. I'm like, oh, thanks for that. I had no clue what that meant or, yeah. or whatever. Uh, so that was kind of that sort of a moment. But when, when I finally started, it, it took probably three or four years to really even just get it so that mechanically it was working on a weekly basis. Cause yeah. there's just a lot to learn. I, I drove down to Acme comedy club. There in Minnesota. In yeah. It's two and a half hour drive. Yeah. I made it every Monday night for four years and you do three minutes and, and then you drive home. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's all of two and a half hours too, isn't it? Yeah. To drive down there. So, so it's Jeez, five hours man. for three minutes, which sounds like, well, is that worth it? Absolutely. Because yeah. all the way there, you're thinking about your three minutes. And all the way back, yeah. you're thinking, how could I make that better? Yes. And then you're watching. That time in the car is just, I can remember just going going to the shows. You, you get that common energy going and sometimes lines will come. But more so at the after the show, you're driving home. Yes. Because you've got a two hours to just think. Mm-hmm think and just and your mind just ruminates yeah. on that and plays and, and you're thinking how can i how can i do it different yeah. how what went well what you know yeah out of three minutes yeah and, and if i i tape it and i'd listen to that tape right. all the way right. home right and if it was a bad set it was a miserable two and a half hour drive but you're just like i've got to make this yeah better because you know you're doing clean comedy in a comedy club it's yeah. it's harder uh but Boy, that really did burn out the the dead wood out of your yeah. your act very quickly, and uh, I and plus you're literally seeing twenty or thirty other comedians get up and do three minutes, and oh, this worked, this didn't work, mm-hmm. why didn't that work? Yeah, I mean, I remember one time uh, seeing a comedian get up. Uh, Dwight York was his name, still is his name. Yeah, he does one liner comedy, very because kind of a uh, great look to him, a little bit like boy, this guy might be out of control. You don't know it. Yeah. Real super deep voice. Super funny. Very, very blue. Uh, but uh, the comic blue, before blue him. Means, blue means dirty, everybody. <laughs> blue equal sign dirty. <laughs> you should have a 
uh, uh, word key guy that yeah. you on your podcast. <laughs> Comedy word key. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the comic before him was talking about going to a thrift store and uh, someone was complaining because they were uh, – they pay a dollar for these shoes, and they don't even have laces in them. Where are the laces? I paid a buck for these shoes. And, and he was just like, these poor people, no wonder they don't have laces in the shoes. They're going to try to kill themselves in the back room by hanging themselves by the laces, all this stuff. And that was his whole bit. It was, it was really funny. Got yeah. really, well, Dwight came in maybe 20 minutes later and said, yeah, I just got here. I'm so upset. I tried to buy some shoes. Didn't have any laces in them. You know, and the place went crazy. And that made a huge impact on me because I thought, yeah, he used what was in the room yeah. and created a moment instantly. And it was, it, it was the biggest laugh of that whole three yes. hour stretch. And you just don't forget that. That's just, mm -hmm. that's just education. I was just brilliant. I was, uh, yeah. you know, I, he became the person in the story and I, yeah. I love to do that anytime I get a chance. And that's because of Dwight. Yeah. You know, that's so good. I mean, that's, and that's uh, too many times and there's too much c bad competition where uh, in the comedy world. And that's what I, my yeah. experience was in, in clubs was that it's just really sad. I mean, you got just, just got bitter. You think I thought that was going to find a little more joy. I mean, this really bitter, just drug infused, just depressive. Yeah. Well, it's things. a hard, it's a hard personality, isn't it? To be anyway. And then if you right. don't have, some joy in the midst of that. Yeah. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I would be a pretty bitter alcoholic if it weren't for, mm -hmm. for Christ, because you know, comedy is so introspective. You're just I mean, I'm a bitter alcoholic with Christ. So <laughs> we, without, without Christ, <laughs> I'd be like El, El Chapo or something. I'd be a running guns. Yeah. 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 Smacking babies. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, gosh. No, I, I, I have enough problems. Uh, I accepted Christ. I'm still an alcoholic and I, and I hate people, but I'm so much better than I would have been in the past. I am a great Christian. <laughs> Even though I kill people, uh, yeah, it's no, it, yeah, it's it's a hard thing to be that introspective and be look when you look really deep inside, mm -hmm. you just see a lot of garbage in there, and it's depressing. And yep. and when you're a club comic, the the alcohol is free, and yeah. uh, I I think you just naturally that's how you cope with weeks and weeks and weeks on the road without solid relationships yeah. in your life, and uh, you know it's uh it's a tough place to be. I've uh you know I. Heart kind of cries a little bit for mm -hmm. some of my friends there. But now you didn't, did you ever have the, the, the inkling, the want to go to LA, New York, do that thing that a lot of people do? <sighs> you know, I haven't. I, uh, why? That's a great question, Tim. Because I see these guys going and I, I, one of the things I feel sorry for them, you go to LA, uh, we have, you know, friends that, that are in LA yeah, and, you, it's when we found out what we the thing what we're doing now is such a team effort. I mean, there's people on each. There's so many different fronts that you need somebody who knows what they're doing to handle. Yeah, and it's you need that support. And when you're out in L.A., it seems like it's every man for himself. Even the people that are on your team, they're just trying to book you. Yeah, they they don't necessarily love you or looking for your best yeah. interest. And yeah, yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for people who who jump into that fray because you it is hard, and I think it can make you a very good comic mm -hmm. but you know i i just don't feel like i belong in that world i i i don't know why i i i look at it and i go 
It would it would be fun. It would be fun to be able to have access to crowds everywhere, um, or but, at least to be around creative people. I think that's a cool. Well said. Yeah, I love, love it for that. But when I talk to my friends that moved out there, many of them move back and just say that was that was a mistake. Some do really well, you know, in <laughs> New York or, or L.A. Yeah. Um, I've always just, I don't know. Uh, I think, I think having steady work has kept me from going there just as a fix to get, yeah. to get more, you know, it hasn't always been, you know, when you, when you do this, there are times you're just in famine cause you're just not mm-hmm. getting enough work. Yeah. But, uh, I have been able to make a living at it for the, Mm-hmm. short time i've been in it and uh i don't know i it's i i think some people belong in that world and they thrive in it and yeah. uh i don't think i'm one of them i think my decision and as as i went along was i'm not going to go unless i'm called there yeah and what i mean i mean not by calling by god but but, but somebody asked me to come as, a, as opposed to going and trying to work your way up through the ranks i mean a yeah. couple of years ago i don't have to told you this i got a call from andrew lord weber's people in, in Broadway, New York, they're read. They're uh, that's right. They're doing yeah, the musical. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. I talk to you about that? Yeah, with um, um, the Jack Black movie, uh, yeah. School of Rock. They're doing the musical for that. So they wanted. They called me and contacted. Hey, you want to come audition for this? Yeah, and it ended up just it didn't work out or work for whatever reason. Yeah, but I, I I know I wanted to go and just try it just yeah. see what it was like. Yeah, because I didn't even know. I mean, because I love what I do so much right now, and do I want to go and you know, spend a half a year to a year of my life doing, you know, Broadway and just same yeah. thing every night. And yeah, which I was fortunate enough to be in a place where I'm not, I have a choice Yeah, and the choice that I have is a really good choice. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh yeah. But Terrific. I mean, but even that it's, um, yeah, I'd want them to ask me to come yeah. and, and, and it's not like it's on my terms, but it's, you have some kind of a Yes. Leverage. Yes. You know, they know who you are and that stuff. That makes but much I just, more sense to me. But it's, but you see, and, and my pastor, my old church does a ministry to uh, people in the act in, in the um, uh, movie industry, whatever, in, in uh, California. They meet in Beverly Hills. It's yeah. like third t- Tuesday of the month. And you just like, when you go there, it's such a powerful thing because there's a lot of that, that every man for himself kind of mentality. Yeah. And it's, gosh. That's it's, that's a tough way to rough. go, man. Yeah, and especially if you're sensitive, because rejection is hard anyway. But yeah. rejection is such a huge part of your life in that it'll make in those environments, and it'll make you better probably. And if you belong there, that's great. But mm-hmm. it's but you know it's different now than it was even 20 years ago, because the internet has made the playing field really different. I think the mindset yeah. is still the same. There, there used to be gatekeepers that discovered and promoted people and to get in front of those gatekeepers was very important. So if you were serious mm. about community, you, you wouldn't make it unless you went to an LA or New mm-hmm. York, because those are the people that will get you in front of the people. They were the gatekeepers. Now you, you really have access to more people uh, but it's, it's, you don't have as many explosive popularity events where suddenly yeah. this person is famous. You really have to slowly build mm-hmm. people that see you 
like you. They're not they seeing it's see like, you again. like the Beatles. Everybody saw the Beatles and then saw the, the same time. Yes. I knew where I was when I saw the Beatles. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, now they're, you know, they, they see Darren Streblo, but they were in different places. Right. I was on a, you know, I pulled up a clip. Yeah. In June of this. <laughs> well, I just saw him last week yeah. on, you know, yeah. my yeah. laptop. Yeah. I saw him in Starbucks. Yeah. I saw him in a Starbucks <laughs> over a guy over a guy's shoulder. I couldn't even hear what he was saying. Like, but I knew this, I was a fan. Who's this guy taking his shirt off? <laughs> for <laughs> He's gotta stop doing that. I'm gonna call security. Yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 a different way. It's it's almost like you have to uh slowly build. It maybe yeah. it maybe that's the way it's gonna be in the future. I don't know what it's yeah. still kind of the wild west because of the internet, but I do yeah. I do like your approach where you're, you're invited as opposed to uh, mm-hmm. trying to uh, push your way in front of people. Well, I like, I like your approach too, with bringing in other comics to your radio show, um, your support for them. It's a good, it's a good, healthy, you know, you've been around Caleb around almost these guys, a lot of these guys. I mean, it, it seems like it's a supportive, we're helping each other write bits and getting excited about helping each other. write. Yeah. And my, I, I heard a guy speak at church last night and he was talking about, um, uh, you know, how certain churches think they're better than other people. Yeah. And he says, he equates them to, to, you know, to ducks in a puddle. You know, these ducks in a puddle are, but there's ducks over there and they're like, well, this puddle's bigger. <laughs> and the ducks over here is like, well, now our puddle's bigger and it's raining. It keeps raining. So, you know, eventually ends the story is there's so much rain that they're all in the same. Yeah. It's a sea and you're all in the same. Oh, that's, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah. I think that, that if we can get more comics and I, tr- I, I want to be like this more, it's like, you, you, the analogy is you, you have a candle and other people have candles that aren't lit and yours is lit. Well, oh. if you blow out, you know, their candles, it makes you shine brighter, but to help somebody light their candle, it takes nothing from you to right. give them, you know, and to give them meaning them spotlight, giving them your energy and your love, giving them whatever stage time, whatever, just giving yeah. to other people. Yeah. And it just shines brighter in, in, in general. That's what I want to be. As well, a, as I a think that is exactly what you're that, being because you're, and I enjoy a lot of uh, candle lighting to a lot of different people that have uh, it's it's changed their lives. Some people, you know, I want to light their candle and throw it in their shirt and, and, and burn. It's not their... going to work for me. I don't wear one. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah people that you cross me, you cross me, you're going to lose. You're going to lose some skin. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Christian, but I'll <laughs> we'll hurt you. I'll, I'll cut you. I'll set cut you on I'll fire. burn you. I will set you on fire. Um. <laughs> um oh. but it's fun so tell me like uh a couple more things for we've had such a great time we, we may have to do it a, a part two with this guy well that's nice thank you cool yeah because i just want to hear him talk because it <laughs> yeah you do have radius. the best radio voice what a nice thing how to often say. do you thank hear you. that i mean just in talking to people even if they don't know I you have a radio people show. say that uh, you, you, i have said, whoa listen to that radio voice you should do radio and i say thank you i don't tell them anything i just uh <laughs> <laughs> actually i do but i'm not like yeah. eloquent you know like y- you the guys that mentored me in radio when i did i did radio for like 10 years before i did comedy and the guys that i looked up to not only did they have the voice but they could speak about you know, dimes for 35 minutes and it would be just like, you'd want to write it down. It was so poetic the way they express themselves in words and they never stutter and stuff like, I'm not that guy. I'm very, uh, I, I stammer and, 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 
you know, I, I spit pause it out, a Darren. Lot. What? Yeah, see, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's what they go. It's like, what's gosh. wrong with them? Too many lead paint chips. As a, when I was a kid, as a listener, I wouldn't really want to listen to that guy, though. I'd want to listen to the Darren Strubel. Well, that's interesting. Like, well, because I'm not that guy, and I don't want to listen to another guy where I have to think about what he's saying because it's so over my head. I'd rather just listen to dudes that are just chalking it out and are on a tour yeah. bus and you can hear the bus in the background. Yeah. What, what a coincidence. Right I think we're on a tour bus right now. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, yeah. just hammering out. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. so I actually kind of disqualified myself in my mind. It's like, I'm, I'm not really good for radio because I can't be the eloquent dude. Uh, but like you say, there's, there's an emotional element to radio that you don't find in other uh, media. And if you can be yourself, if you can be more mm-hmm. real, your stammering uh, warts and all kind of self, and then talk about things that are important to people, it, it's very interesting and it's very comforting yeah. to have that in your uh, in your app on your phone and listen to it on a regular basis because it's uh, it's a connection mm-hmm. that's uh, more real than I don't I don't even know why I don't know why it's more yeah. real than most video or other other things but it seems to work really well i think on uh part two i want to talk to you more about the radio and just how what you've learned from it where you're what you where how, how it started where you want to where do you see it going things like that because i mean every time i talk to you you're p- just picking up more and more stations and yeah. and radio is still such a viable thing it's it's not it, it it really hasn't gone away i don't know i don't I, I don't see that it's gotten any weaker i think it's just changed it has and changed because people yeah. still uh, listen and get their information. And a lot of it comes from radio. And I find myself, you know, I, I even, I find myself down, you know, you can download iTunes and things like that. But I mean, we just, I just bought a record player. I look at, I'm listening to albums again. It's this yeah. different ways of listening to stuff and getting information and, that's right. And entertainment. And, uh, I think a lot of people turn to YouTube and television to, to disconnect and recharge and, just get out of life a little bit and just kind of let your psyche uh, readjust and, and refocus. You know, it's it, entertainment. People turn to radio to feel something, and I don't, I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. Uh, they, to connect and, and get uh, have an emotional connection, and that's that's exciting for me as a person who likes to have that with people. Cool. Uh, it's uh, it's it's more laid back. It's more, but you can you can get into. I mean the the. Radio comedy is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Even listening to bits that are stage bits on the radio, there's something special about that because the theater of the mind is such a beautiful thing. So I look forward to talking to you about yeah. that on your next And I have one thing podcast. to say to you, my friend. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll. <laughs> roll Dang. Like roll yes. Dang Tide. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. You know? It just fits my head. It just fits yeah. my head. I don't know what it's well, thanks everybody for listening to uh, to Potty Break. I think this is our episode three, and uh, we're we want to talk more to Darren Strubble on our next uh, episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Caleb, for running the, the 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 just making this happen. The levers, the levers, uh, turning knobs. Shout outs. Let's do some shout outs. Uh, shout out, shout baby. out to uh, Coffee again. Shout out to Coffee. coffee. Always seems to a shout out. Uh, shout out to roll, shout out to Al- University of Alabama. Sandals from Coles. Uh, gosh, we got to get a picture of those sandals. I just wish people could see them because they're awesome. Yeah. They're like Jesus sandals. You might lose listeners. That's like brown leather. leather. It's like something a kid would make like in an eighth, <laughs> like in an eighth grade. 
<laughs> leather eighth, class. Eighth grade leather class. <laughs> they got the latches and everything. Yeah, I'm a trendsetter. That's right. Uh, but anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll check you later, yo. Peace out.